0: Psalm chapter 34 and verse number 1. The Bible says this. I've got my Bible open. And it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Okay, so I love that already. I will. Not I might. Not I'll think about it. But I will bless the Lord at not sometimes, not when I'm feeling good, not when things are going well for me, but all Times, Amen. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You cannot let the devil rob you of your praise because your praise is your power. Somebody say amen this morning. Alright, he says, My soul (laughs) shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. Come on, church. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. Don't let me do this by myself now. Come on and give God some praise this morning. I sought the Lord, and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. All that stuff you've been worried about. All those things that's been troubling you. The Bible said I sought the Lord and He heard me and He delivered me from all my fears. I'm glad to announce to you that God has heard your prayer, that God has heard your cry and He is delivering and shall yet deliver you from all your fears when you put Your trust in Him. Somebody shout Amen this morning. Hallelujah. All right, so focus with me now in verse number uh, three where it says, Oh, magnify the Lord and let us exalt His name together. And that word magnify means to make great in representation, to extol. Oh, back up. To make great in representation. How do you represent God? I need to stop clapping. (laughs) I'm just happy this morning. How do you represent God? Do you represent Him as a weak God? With your anemic Christianity, or do you brag on the Lord and make much of Him and and make Him great in your representation of Him? Because we are, after all, His representatives. It says, "Magnify the Lord." It doesn't mean that you're going to make God bigger. It means that you're going to uh, it, it means that you're going to magnify, magnify your perspective of Him. That means you're going to have to see God in all of His glory. And in all of His splendor, in spite of the problems that seem to persist in your life. Listen, when you start looking at how big God is, the smaller your problems seem to be. Amen. And so it says, let us magnify Him. Let us extol His name. Amen. Uh, let us exalt His name together, right? So we gotta magnify Him. That is, we gotta make Him great with the way we represent Him. Listen, uh, don't get the pooch lip. Don't get discouraged and down and out and losing your faith and 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 quit praying and quit standing on God's word and God's promises. I mean, you look the devil square in the eyes and you look your sickness square in the eyes and you look at your trouble square in the eyes and you declare greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. You see, you just exalted Him. You just lifted Him up. Quit talking about your problems and start talking about the Lord. And that's how you magnify Him. Amen. Now listen, if you want to see the glory of God at its finest, I want to tell you to look at no further than the cross of Jesus. Because here's what the Bible said in John chapter 12 and verse 32. If I be lifted up, Jesus said, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said signifying what death He should die. Listen, basically and essentially, you look at the cross and you see the glory of God at its finest. You see the magnificence of God. You see the magnificence of the the offer of salvation. Amen. Listen, the word magnificent means very beautiful or very impressive, or very great. And that's what I'm preaching to you today. The title of my message is Jesus Christ the Magnificent, Jesus Christ, the Magnificent. Amen. I don't know any better than to steer you to Jesus. Amen. I can't steer you to myself. I'll disappoint you. I can't steer you to my deacon board. They'll disappoint you. I can't steer you to the choir loft. They'll disappoint you. I can't steer you to Washington Heights Baptist Church. They'll disappoint you, but I tell you one that'll never disappoint you. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. And He is glorious and He is. And He is magnificent. Uh, That word magnificent means great indeed or exalted in place. Uh, It made me think of Matthew chapter 17 and verse 5, uh, where the Bible said that God the Father spoke uh, uh, to, uh, to the people of the earth from the sky, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And God was pleased. He recognized how great indeed and exalted in place that His Son was. Philippians chapter 2 and verses 5 through 11 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but was made himself of no reputation, and took upon Him the form of a servant, And was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath also, listen, highly exalted him. That means that Jesus is magnificent because He is made great by God the Father. God hath highly exalted Him and given Him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is great indeed. And He is exalted in place. Amen. Give me just a second. I had to turn that interference off. Praise God. Alright, number two, I want to say this. When we say that Jesus Christ is magnificent, we are saying that He is marked by st- stately grandeur and lavishness. He's marked by stately grandeur and lavishness. Listen, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12 says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by Him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him and he is before all things and by Him all things consist. Listen, you can look to all the earthly kingdoms of this world and none of them have ever nor ever shall match in both grandeur and lavishness to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords the Lord Jesus Christ for He is King of Kings He is Lord of Lords and even the kings of the earth that hate Him today will worship Him tomorrow on both bended knee. Give God some glory and praise today that He is marked by stately grandeur and lavishness. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is magnificent. Amen. Number three, I want to say when I say that Jesus Christ is magnificent, I'm telling you that He is splendid in structure and uh, adornment. He is strikingly beautiful or impressive Amen. Revelation 19 and verse number 11 said, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and him that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doeth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself, and he was Clothed with a vesture, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. (laughs) And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. He treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is splendid in, in a structure, in adornment. He is strikingly beautiful, and he is impressive. I'm telling you, his word is impressive. In fact, the Bible said in Second Peter chapter one and verse twenty, knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The, uh, the uh, Bible says the holy men of God were moved, that is, they were impressed both in mind and in spirit, and thereby, The Word of God was forged into writing for the benefit of mankind, and I say that's impressive. Amen? In fact, I'm going to declare unto you that this very Word of Jesus I'm preaching to you today will make an impression on you. It will leave a mark on you. Whether you accept it or reject it, you will be held accountable for it on Judgment Day, and you cannot escape Him. When you face God on Judgment Day, you'll look for a place to hide if you're not in Jesus. But there will be no place to hide because the Word of God will make an impression on you. It's up to you when it makes its impression and how. You can face God in judgment or you can face God being redeemed by the blood of the Lamb by calling on Him in faith and repentance. Amen. Amen. And so I want to say that Jesus is magnificently impressive. John chapter 1 and verse 14 said, The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory. The glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's impressive. He made an impression on me September the 9th of 1990. I went into church as just an 11-year-old boy like I did many other Sunday mornings. But that day the Holy Spirit of God through the precious Word of God made an impression on me that called me to faith and repentance in Jesus' name and I've never been the same. My sins have been washed. I'm telling you He is impressive to me. Hallelujah. John chapter 8 and verse 7 says, So when they continued asking Him, He he lifted up Himself and said to them, He that is without sin among you let Him first cast a stone at her and Began again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. Listen, look at this scene. Jesus preached one thing He said, He that is without sin among you. Let him cast the first stone and the, uh, and the impression of the Holy Spirit of God upon the sinful hearts of men. Uh, caused them all to tuck tail and run in high for their sin. Uh, found them guilty before a holy God. That, my friend, uh, is impressive. And I'm telling you today, there may be somebody under the sound of my voice uh, this morning whose heart has been hardened by sin. Uh, but the hammer of the Word of God is smiting your heart heart, even now, and the Holy Spirit of God is dialing your number, you know you're sinful. You know you're on your way to hell. You know you need Jesus. And you know you need to walk away from your sin and walk to Jesus Christ. And listen, if you'll call on Him with just a desire to turn and a willingness to turn, He will give you the power to become the Son of God. Even on all that believe on His name, that, my friend, will make a lasting impression on you. I'm telling you how magnificently impressive my Jesus is and can be for you today. Can I get an amen? Psalm chapter 7 and verse 9 says, Oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just for the righteous God trieth the hearts and reigns. Amen. And He's going to make an impression on you. Proverbs 17 and verse 3 says, The finding pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tri- trieth the heart. God is dialing your number and trying your heart through His Word today. 1 Thessalonians 2, 4 says, But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the Gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. The reason I'm so passionate about this thing is because God made a permanent impression upon me that I might declare this Gospel, that it might make an impression on others to give their life to Jesus Christ as well. And I'm asking you today, my friend, uh, uh, that today if you will hear His voice, harden not your heart. Give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Uh, It is hard for you to kick against the pricks uh, and the prodding uh, and the impressions of the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, Don't resist Him today. Yield to Him today, my friend. Uh, Listen, no one has ever impressed me like Jesus has. Uh, He made a lasting impression on me. uh, And He can do the same for you. I'm telling you about Jesus Christ, the Magnificent this morning. I also would like to say that when I say He's magnificent, that means He's exceptionally fine. (laughs) The Song of Solomon said in chapter 5 and verse number 16, His mouth is most sweet. Yea, He is altogether lovely. He is altogether lovely. I'm telling you about Jesus Christ. Jesus told that crowd in John five and thirty nine said, "Search, search, search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify." of me. Jesus was preaching Himself. Uh, Even when He was in His earthly ministry, He was preaching Himself from the Old Testament to these Old Testament uh, alleged believers. I say alleged because many of them then added their own laws to God's law and made it a man-made religion. But He preached Himself to them because there was no one greater to lift up. So He lifted up Himself. And God looked around to see who He could swear by it. And he saw no one that greater that he could swear by, so he swear by his own name. And I'm telling you, uh, he is exceptionally fine. Let me tell you who he is throughout the Bible. In Genesis, he's the breath of life. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's our high priest. Amen. In Numbers, he's the fire by night. Glory to God. In Deuteronomy... He's Moses' voice. In Joshua, he's salvation's choice. In Judges, he's the lawgiver. In Ruth, he's the kinsman redeemer. Glory to God. In First and Second Samuel, he's our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he's sovereign. Amen. In Ezra, he's the true and faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of broken walls lies. In Esther, he's Mordecai's courage. In Job, he's the timeless Redeemer. In Psalms, he's our morning star, a song rather. He's our morning song. In Proverbs, he's wisdom's cry. In Ecclesiastes, he's the time and season. Amen. In the Song of Solomon, he's the lover's dream. (laughs) Glory to God. In Isaiah, i like to tell that He's the Prince of Peace. In Jeremiah, He's the weeping prophet. In Lamentations, He's the cry for Israel. In Ezekiel, He's the call from sin. Come on out of your sin and be saved. Amen. In Daniel, He's the stranger in the fire. Hallelujah. In Hosea, He's forever faithful. In Joel, He's the Spirit's power. In Amos, He's the arms that carry us. In Obadiah, He's the Lord, our Savior. In Jonah, He's the great missionary. In Micah, the promise of peace. In Nahum, He's our strength and our shield. In Habakkuk and Zephaniah, He's the pleading for revival. He pleads for revival. In Haggai, He restores a lost heritage. Glory to God. In Zechariah, He's our fountain. Somebody say amen. Amen. In Malachi, he's the son of righteousness, rising with healing in his wings. Amen. And in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he is God, man, and Messiah, Amen. In the Book of Acts, He is He is the fire from heaven. In Romans, He's the grace of God. In Corinthians, the power of love. In Galatians, He's the freedom from the curse of sin. Hallelujah. In Ephesians, He's our glorious treasure. In Philippians, He's the servant's heart. In Colossians, He's the Godhead Trinity. In Thessalonians, He is our soon. Coming King, Amen. In Timothy, Titus, and Philemon, He is our Mediator and our faithful Pastor, Amen. In Hebrews, He's the everlasting Covenant, Amen. In James, He's the one who heals the sick. Somebody receive that, Amen. In First and Second Peter, He is our Shepherd. In John, in in Jude, He is the Lover coming for His Bride, and in Revelation, as we've already declared. He is King of Kings. And He is Lord of Lords. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Son of Man. He is the Lamb of God. He is the Great I Am. He is the Alpha and Omega, our God and our Savior. He is Jesus Christ. He, He was here before time began. And when time ends, He evermore, forevermore shall be. Why don't you just worship Him for a minute and thank Him for being being who He is today, He is fine. Amen. He is magnificent. We can't praise Him enough. We can't exalt Him enough. We can't magnify Him enough. I can praise Him for a million years. And at the end of a million years, I wouldn't even scratch the surface of His worthiness and His magnificence. I'm telling you, His name is Jesus. And there is none like Him. Glory to God. I like what Dr. Larry Brown said. He preached the message. Ain't nobody like him. And I'm telling you today, there ain't nobody like Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Let me read you the words of a message now preached by Dr. S.M. Lockridge. Uh, he preached this message, and it's called, That's My King. Can I lift them up for another minute? Would you let me lift them up for another minute? Don't change that dial. Amen. Listen. He wrote, uh, the Bible says, My King is the King of of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. Well, do you know him today? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No no far seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of His shoreless supply. No barrier can hinder Him from pouring out His blessings. He's enduringly strong. Amen. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him today? He's the greatest phenomenon that ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He stands in the solitude of himself. He's august. He's unique. He's uh, he's uh, unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's the idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme problem in higher criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the cardinal necessity for spiritual religion. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good that you choose to call Him. Amen. He's the only one one Qualified to be an all-sufficient Savior. I wonder if you know Him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and He saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and He guides. He heals and the sick and He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges discharges debtors. He delivers captives. He he defends the feeble. Amen. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent. And He beautifies the meek. Do you know Jesus Christ today? He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. Do you know Jesus today? Well, His office is manifold. His promise is sure. His light is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. Amen. His grace grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy. And his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you, but he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. And he's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind. You can't get him off of your hands. You can't live without him. Excuse me, you can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Amen. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out that they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. Yes, that's my king. My king. His name is Jesus. Listen, uh, uh the Bible said, uh, 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 Jesus told us to pray like this to the Father: Thy, Thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory. Forever, listen, and it goes on forever and ever and ever. And that's the that's the preaching uh, of 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 of, like I said, Doctor S. M. Locker is called. That's my King. I encourage you to look it up sometime on YouTube. Uh, I felt impressed of the Lord to share that with you because we there's not enough words in the English vocabulary uh, to describe how magnificent He is. Uh, We can make but a feeble effort, uh, but but I come to deliver to you Jesus. Christ the Magnificent. He is everything that you've ever needed, need in this moment, or ever shall need. More than money, you need Jesus. More than healing, you need Jesus. More than a job, you need Jesus. More than an earthly relationship, you need Jesus. Amen. More than a government that cares for you, you need Jesus. More than you need your uh, candidate as president in office, you need Jesus because the earth, the heavens and the earth shall pass away. But God's Word, Jesus Christ, shall never pass away. When all this burns down to the ground, there's one that will stand and remain. And His name is Jesus Christ. And I tell you today to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13. The Bible said this, and I close. I want to ask you, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus, the Magnificent? It said, "...and you, being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath He quickened together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses." blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us which was contrary to us and took it out of the way nailing it to his cross and having spoiled principalities and powers he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it listen your sin does not have to have the last say in your life I know your sin is fun I know you love your sin I know you have pleasure in your sin. And I know you hate Bible preaching like this, the ones of you that don't know Jesus. But let me tell you something that you'll learn to hate even more than this preaching. If Jesus ever gets a hold of you, you'll hate that sin. You'll hate what you love today because Jesus will change your nature. Amen. Amen. And, And you'll quit your sinning because Jesus will give you His nature. He will wash you in His blood and dwell you with His Spirit and fill you with His power that you can overcome that which you cannot overcome by yourself. And some of you today need to know that Jesus is the answer for all the world today. I don't care what philosopher comes up with some bright idea or what politician comes up with some bright idea. They always have an ulterior motive and it's usually revolved around money and the betterment of themselves. But I'm telling you one who invested his life blood and gave it all for you. Amen. He that knew no sin became sin for you and I, that we might be made the righteousness of Christ. He said, greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friend. And then he called himself a friend of sinners, and he laid down his own life and fulfilled his very own definition of what the greatest form of love was. I'm telling you, he loves you with an everlasting and undying love, that He wants to free you from your sin. But you have to come to Him in faith and repentance. Just come to Him and say, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Amen. Have mercy on me and help me to repent. And I receive you by grace and through faith in Jesus' name. And to this day forward, I will serve you. I will be your child. And you will be my God. And you will help me. Listen, I'm telling you right now, He can arrest your soul. He can captivate you with His love, and He can release you from the hell's captivity right now. And you don't have to be a drunkard no more. You don't have to be a harlot no more. You don't have to shoot it up anymore. You don't have to be a liar anymore. You don't have to be a whoremonger anymore. You don't have to be a fornicator anymore. You don't have to uh, fulfill the lust of the flesh anymore. Listen, Jesus, and you don't have to be a homosexual anymore. Jesus can deliver you from the power of darkness and of hell and if no, if Jesus can't deliver you I promise you can't nobody else deliver you all you need is Jesus Christ uh, call on him right now and I'm telling you he'll save you by his matchless grace uh, uh, for it for now and for eternity oh would you call on him right now my friend uh, uh, it's hard to get unhooked when you go to lifting him up uh, it's hard to stop bragging on him once you start describing him amen but I'm telling you right Right now, He's the best thing that's ever happened to me, and if you'll give your life to Him right now, you don't even have to repeat after a prayer after me. Just call on God for mercy and forgiveness right now in the name of Jesus, and He'll instantly save you. And if you're here now and you're doing that, I want you to testify in the comments. I just received Jesus as my Savior. I just learned how magnificent He is, and my sins now are washed away. Just comment and brag on Jesus if you you know him right now. Would you brag on him in the comments? Uh, would you share this message if you haven't done it yet? Uh, and let other people know how magnificent my Jesus is. Somebody shout, Amen. Glory to God. Whoo! Hallelujah.